Our meditation for this fifth Sunday after Trinity is on our Old Testament reading from 1 Kings chapter 19, beginning in the 11th verse. Hear the word of our Lord. And he said, Go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. And a great and strong wind tore the mountains and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And behold, there came a voice to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? He said, I have been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts. For the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left. And they seek my life to take it away. And the Lord said to him, Go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus, and when you arrive you shall anoint Hazael to be king over Syria. And Jehu the son of Nimshi you shall appoint to be king over Israel, and Elisha the son of Shaphat of Abel-Meholah you shall anoint to be prophet in your place. And the one who escapes from the sword of Hazael shall Jehu put to death, and the one who escapes from the sword of Jehu shall Elisha put to death. Yet I will leave seven thousand in Israel, all the knees that have not bowed to Baal, and every mouth that has not kissed him. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Now grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Can you feel it? The loneliness. Not the kind of loneliness that means having no friends or having no spouse. Perhaps that is a part of it, but this loneliness is bigger than that. Can you feel it? Feeling abandoned. Not abandonment like losing your father to some untimely death. Not abandonment like having a loved one turn coat on you. Maybe you have that in your life. I can certainly relate. But the abandonment I'm talking about is bigger than that. Can you feel it? The loneliness that comes with losing a church. Every institutional church body you can think of has turned its back on you because when you read the Bible and say what the Bible says, they recoil in disgust and condemn you. Can you feel it? The abandonment that comes with feeling like God isn't providing. Even if you have something, the moment society aims its vindictive little guns at you, you just know that personal and financial ruin is around the corner. We feel lonely because we are in an era of mass apostasy, where both people and institutions are leaving God's word and God's morality and going off the rails with what our enemy, the world, decides they should believe. Entire denominations laughing off half their members supporting abortion, supporting impenitent sexual lifestyles, and voting for politicians who hate Christianity with every fiber of their being. Being a faithful Christian is lonely these days, 
isn't it? You know that you can relate to Elijah the prophet when you feel extreme relief in being able to speak your mind without the other person freaking out and deciding it's time to submit you to church authorities for quote-unquote church discipline or secret excommunication trials. When you have another human being who is a believer who has not thrown God's word in the trash in order to gain the approval of the world. But those instances are vanishingly few, aren't they? Even if you meet somebody that does seem to think like you or operate like you, well, there might be some dreadful point of disagreement where they are in conformity with the world. Oh, how rare it feels that we ever get to meet another real Christian, a Christian that means it. And we feel abandoned. We worship the God of justice. We worship the God who says he will make all things right. And we should expect some sort of reawakening, a renaissance, or a revival of the Christian faith, but we are not having that. Some might say we are at the bleeding edge of it. Some people are just beginning to wake up to taking God's word seriously and applying what he actually says. More and more people have started to notice that the vast majority of churches are just jugglers of imaginary sins. When they claim that, oh, you have prejudice, but that is the worst sin of all, while winking at real sexual sin, while laughing off financial sins and outright theft, excusing rioters and violent men all over the world, yes, people will notice. But here's the problem. As our churches fall to ball worship, open worship of whatever the world tells them to believe in, those churches still have power. And they still excommunicate, and they still kick people out, they still destroy entire lives, and the rest of the culture in our secular spheres do the same thing, don't they? We live in terrible times, and it has been going on a lot longer than we think it has. Probably close to a hundred years at this point. Where has God been? Where has been the revival? Where has been the revolution? Where has God done anything to step in and fix it? Elijah asks this very question, candidly complaining to God. And it's good that he does that. He does not abandon God. He does not leave him. He does not claim, oh, God truly abandoned us. No, he brings his complaint to the Lord. I have been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts. You know, dear God, that I believe you. I believe in you. I follow for you. But the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. Have you noticed, dear Lord, how bad it is out there? Have you noticed how hard it is for the faithful these days, the entirety of my nation has thrown your word in the trash and they've gone after idols. Feels familiar, doesn't it? 
I, even I, only am left, he says, and they seek my life to take it away. Don't you see how lonely I am right now, dear God? I am the only servant of the Lord in Israel. Where are you? Why do I have to endure being this religious minority in a world where everybody else is seemingly on the same page? Why am I persecuted like this when I am faithful to you? Loneliness and abandonment. That is what the prophet Elijah feels, and that is something that Christians everywhere are experiencing today. How does our Lord respond? Well, first, he gives no heed to Elijah's emotions. Not at first, anyway. Despair is a sin. Despair is a sign of faithlessness. We understand that life is a struggle. We are supposed to go on and struggle in it. God gives him a command first. Go return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. You aren't allowed to stop being a servant just because times are rough. That is how wars are lost. If the tide of a battle turns against your favor, and every soldier sees that and just gives up because things look bleak, then no one on that side should be surprised that they lose. If you give in to despair, you fulfill your own little prophecy. You say things are terrible, we are lost, everything is gone, it is so bad and I don't know what to do. Therefore, I am going to rest on my laurels and be sad. If you do that, you seal your fate as a loser. Before God encourages Elijah, telling him that he is not alone, he tells him, get back up, you're going to be doing your duty. I will not have a whinging failure of a prophet giving up when it was crucial for him to keep going. Go back to Damascus, anoint Hazael and Jehu and Elisha. They are going to carry out my plans. This sounds like a harsh response, doesn't it? A command in the midst of Elijah's despair. Could God really just tell you, shut up, suck it up, get back to work? Well, yes, he can. He has every right to do so. He is our Lord. But graciously, he does not leave Elijah with just get back up and go back to work. He does encourage him by saying that God's victory is assured. The one who escapes from the sword of Hazael shall put Jehu to death. The one who escapes from the sword of Jehu shall Elisha put to death. God will enact justice. And he will enact justice using Elijah as the catalyst for it. God promises, it looks bad, I will make it right. And not for you only, Elijah. I will leave 7,000 in Israel, all the knees that have not bowed to Baal, and every mouth that has not kissed him. I'm doing it for the faithful. I am rescuing all of these people, and I need you to get back to work precisely because you are not alone, and all of those people need you. I care about them, God says. 
So I need you to keep going. You are not alone in this. Let's make this right. Now ultimately, God is the one who makes it right. Truly. Surely. But he invites Elijah to be a part of this. Elijah had his victories in the past, but it felt like nothing. Elijah had seen God directly intervene in the contest between the prophets of Baal and himself. God came down from heaven with fire and ate up the sacrifices. Everybody starts killing these prophets of Baal, but uh, the people aren't in power here. Jezebel is. Ahab is. It's still dangerous. God says, look at what I've done. Look at what I'm going to do. And keep going. Beloved, it might feel in the year of our Lord 2023 very lonely. And it may feel like God has abandoned us. Where precious few real believers are present on earth today. We feel this loneliness and abandonment every day. And how does God respond? Well, in Elijah's case, he says, Do your Christian duty. I will make all things right. But you are not to abandon your post. For you are not alone, and I have not abandoned you. There are others that I care about and I love, and I need you to love them too. Persevere for their sakes. And I have not abandoned you. I will make all things right, our God has promised. Sometimes in this world, ultimately in the next, at the end of all things, when our Lord Christ comes back, slays all the wicked, and delivers us to the safety and the wonders of paradise. But for now, before we get to see that, before we experience it, whether in this world or the next, we must persevere in prayer, in service, and in reaching out to others to pull them out of the fires, as Jude says in his epistle. Let us do so with confidence, knowing that God's victory is assured. He will not leave us alone, and he will not abandon us. Now the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.